What's up, everybody? Welcome to your 10-Minute Checkpoint Podcast with me, Sancho West, where I talk about movies, music, video games, wrestling, sports, all on the top of my head. And it is all done in 10 minutes. Today's date is June 5th, 2021. And boy, do I have a doozy of a show for you. Let's go ahead and put 10 minutes on the clock. Here we go. All right. Recently, we had a new release into the Disney Plus, or I guess movies at home vibe, uh, premiere movies, and that is Disney's Cruella that was just released. And I got to say, by far the best live action Disney movie that they've made in a long time. Now, what I mean by live action Disney, I'm not talking about... Uh, you know, anything that is like MCU that because that's technically dizzy underneath the umbrella and more that's more more. I get it. I mean, more the vein of like pulling from old school animated films, making it into live action. You know, things of like we had Cinderella, we have Maleficent as more of the Sleeping Beauty. We've had the Jungle Book. We've had the Lion King. We've had Aladdin. A lot of powerhouse animated films remade into live action. And then no doubt they found a lot of box office success. Uh, I would think out of those slew of movies, I would definitely have to give the nod to, uh, I, I guess, I guess Aladdin. You know, Aladdin was pretty solid. I think uh, Will Smith did a did a really decent job of filling the shoes of Robin Williams as the genie. Uh, but other than that, I would say that when it comes to Disney live action, especially in the vein of the animations, it's been lacking. You know, there hasn't been a lot of success in my eyes. So when Cruella was announced as Emma Stone playing Cruella DeVille, I thought, okay, we've seen the trailer. The trailer in itself had a lot of, you know, sympathy. Are, we, are they trying to make us sympathize with Cruella? Like she's this, uh, she's playing Estrella, who's that's her original character's name. She's playing Estrella. She's this girl, you know, who's is being bullied by her, the Baroness of Emma Thompson's. Is kind of like the devil meets Prada. <laughs> the devil loves Prada. Not the devil meets Prada. That'd be a different film. The devil loves Prada type vibe. I'm getting it. And then all of a sudden she has an alter ego named Cruella. And it's kind of like the Joker when it comes to Joaquin Phoenix. And those are the kinds of things that we're saying around the Twitterverse when that trailer dropped. And so that's the kind of vibe that I'm going into with Cruella. But by far, this is an unexpected surprise, I will definitely say. Uh, I, I thought the movie in itself, like I mentioned, is the best that Disney has produced in a long time. Greg... Gillespie, the director, said in the interview that they weren't going for a traditional Disney live action type vibe. You know, that that was not their goal. And they wanted to make a movie that didn't feel like a Disney movie. And he was running around on set saying, this isn't a Disney movie. We're not making a Disney movie. We're making our own type vibe movie. And with that, it is certainly a breath of fresh air. I remember when I was watching it with my wife late night, and I turned to her. I said, this doesn't feel like a Disney movie. I, I literally didn't say that. I, I kid you not. <laughs> you have to believe me. I said, this doesn't feel like a Disney movie. It's because it's shot differently. It doesn't rely on the story of the 101 Dalmatians. It's an origin story for Cruella. And so I'm not expecting anything. It's not a shot-for-shot shot remake like The Jungle Book and or Lion King. It's its own story with its own two legs and done really really well i may say the music the soundtrack to it feels like i'm watching a kind of like a guy Ritchie type film uh, for the guy who directed snatch it, it kind of feels like a wes anderson movie where the music kind of 
really makes a big pivotal. Like imagine if the Suicide Squad trailer, which uses Bohemian Rhapsody really well, is all of a sudden someone uses that kind of care and attention to the soundtrack. Like if you would probably Spotify this soundtrack, you would be like, wow, there's a lot of great hits on here from the decade that I was pulling from, which is I believe was the 60s. So it, it really does a really great job of capturing that. Fantastic. I loved it. I had to watch the movie in two parts because I started late. And I think that that kind of a little bit took the wind out of its sails for me. I was enjoying it very much so the first night viewing. But then when I split up the second, I kind of lost its it lost its way. Because like when I stopped the movie, she hard switched into Corella, And I thought I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. Like it was almost not necessarily unjustified. It just felt a bit much out of nowhere, out of left field when you kind of start the second day like that. So I highly recommend you do your best to watch this in one go. But uh, as I mentioned, Emma Stone, what a great, great performance from her. I think she did really well portraying both Estrella and Cruella. And the whole notion that I remember going into this movie was how are they going to make Cruella DeVille uh, a character that I would care about considering that the OG Cruella DeVille just hated dogs. <laughs> just hated dogs and wanted to make them into a fur coat. Like puppies as well. I was like, oh, what? And uh, I'm going to go into a little bit of spoilers here. Here we go. Spoiler warning. If you haven't yet watched it, go ahead and leave the door. Walk out, close your ears, whatever you want to do. But they had this moment where in Corella DeVille, her mother, quote unquote, at the time, Gets pushed off a cliff by these three Dalmatians. And I'm like, okay, I guess that sets the wheels in motion for her to disdain dogs. But that's not the case. It's just the use of the Baroness played really well by Emma Thompson. I think the cast up and down was just really well, really well done. And so I'm thinking like, okay, okay, that's not really the reason why she hates Dalmatians. And they didn't even have a moment where Cruella DeVille is wearing a cape that is in the kind of like in the fur of Dalmatians and they kind of like the newspapers like is, did she really wear you know really do that to the Baroness's Dalmatians because they, they create this really cool thing of like Cruella being this up and coming fashionista and I think by far like that was really unexpected to me for this movie to have this lean into fashion I think the fashion from this movie it's so good. Like, and I mentioned the film before, The Devil Loves Prada. It totally reminds me of The Devil Loves Prada when it comes to the fashion moments. When I think about the movie Devil Loves Prada, I think of Anne Hathaway just strutting around New York and these really, really, really great set pieces when it comes to fashion. And you're just like, wow, taking your breath away. And Corella, I don't know who is the fashion designer on the set, but they did a great job creating very iconic pieces and I think the the short hair wig version of Cruella looks great. I, I think everything that Emma Stone does as Cruella looks great. I think the moment by far, one of my favorite moments is when Cruella shows up and crashes the Baroness's red carpet and she has this dump truck. And all of a sudden the dump truck pulls away and it's this long dress train. I thought it was really awesome. I thought it was really breathtaking. And I think uh, it kind of reminds me of Schitt's Creek where the creators of that show Eugene Levy's son, his name is escaping me right now, so forgive me. But he said that they really wanted to make the it was important that the fashion of the show be a big factor. So it was one of those things where the fashion made the characters better. Daniel Levy is the name. I got it there. Oh my god. 
So the fashion of Shit's Creed was the, is a part of the character. Is it's and as a theater actor, I find it so fascinating, or as an actor as well, is that in that TV show Shit's Creed, they made so much a part of their characters' clothes and what they wore. And I remember watching a documentary about that TV show's creation, and they were saying that Eugene Levy, who comes from the Christopher Guest things, you know, Spinal Tap of of um best of show of all uh, waiting for guffman like those kinds of movies they spent a long time on character development and one of the big factors was fashion you know what is your character going to wake up what are they going to wear what are their pjs look like what are, if, if they're going out for a date what would they wear if they're going staying in home what would they wear if they're going to go to their mothers what are they going to wear if they're going to go to someone else's parents meet them for the first time what they're going to wear like that level of care and so when they made that show, they really invested a lot of the budget into the fashion. Because remember, if you've never seen, highly recommend the comedic uh, sh- series, by the way. And in that show, these characters come from high class, right? And the whole point is that they get sent down and down this path where they get bankrupt and they lose all their money due to some litigation. The whole point about this whole thing is that it matters. And in Cruella, it matters. And it showed in that care really put this level this this whole movie to me on a whole other level i highly recommend it i i i think it's one of those ones that i was a quite big shock that how well it did and i think it's something that if disney continues down this path i think it would be something that would be worthwhile in my mind because disney if you think about it in the animation sense has a whole slew of characters that are worth investing in and a whole slew of stories that could be expanded on it's this whole slew of universes that could be expanded on I mean, would it be crazy? Hear me out. Let me know, listeners. Would it be crazy if Toy Story was live action? It'd be different. I think I think if I think about it, what kind of director would be able to handle such a feat of a Toy Story movie that was live action? And it's not going to be like an Indian in the cover type vibe because yikes. Great book, but yikes. That movie is so dated. Stuck in it. Limited by technology, I would say, at that time. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson would be a great live action for Toy Story. Food for thought. Food for thought. But that is my review of Cruella, Disney's Cruella, out now, of course, on Disney Plus for via Premier Access and in theaters now, which is quite interesting because I'm trying to get back into the movie theater experience considering that I am fully vaccinated and I'm looking around and there's not a lot of movies out there. There's literally four movies that you watch. You can watch Cruella. You can watch The Quiet Place 2, which I'm trying to see. You can watch the new... Um, uh, Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, which we will talk about in the next podcast, my review about that. And then the, I think the fourth one is, I don't even know, dude. It's like, <laughs> there's not a lot out there. But, you know, we're about to get into the summer. We're going to have M. Light Shyamalan, Ding Dong. M. Light Shyamalan. It's like, anyway, he's going to be old. He's going to do this new movie called Old, which is quite fascinating. And, of course, Space Jam 2 is going to come out. And the new, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn, new yeah. Anyway, DC is always crazy. But thank you all so much for listening. This has been your 10-Minute Checkpoint Podcast for June 5th, 2021. Wherever you're finding this podcast, make sure you leave a positive rating, a positive like. All that stuff matters the most. And reach out to me on the social medias, what you think about the show. I appreciate you. And as always, oh, yeah, baby.